Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for the day that you have given us of life. May we honor you in everything that we do. And as we prepare ourselves to share your, your message, we pray that your Holy Spirit translate the information that you want them to hear so each one of us can hear what you want us to hear and help us to be better than yesterday, that our walk with you will be closer every day. Amen. Amen. I'm going to move this a little bit towards here because the crowd is here, although the important ones are in that corner too. <laughs> so uh, um, the title of today's lesson is Becoming Who You Want to Be. Who knows? Who here knows what you want to be? Because I'm still trying to figure it out too. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. So. so I guess Josiah knows what he wants to be. So if you don't know what you want to be uh, when you grow older, then hopefully this will help you. If I will, I don't want anybody answering these questions, but I want to make some questions for you to start thinking. And you need to be honest with yourself. If I ask you, how do you feel today? What would you answer? How do you feel today? Do you feel healthy? Do you feel strong, energetic? How are you doing spiritually? Are you walking in a deep relationship with God? If your relationship with God is stronger now than yesterday or last week? How are you emotionally and mentally? Are you living the full life that God has stored for you? Or is the life being sidetracked by poor health in a specific area? So if you answer in any of these questions and no, it is my prayer that Today's message will help you to reorganize a little bit your lifestyle. I'm going to cover three points and how to, to help you to, became, to become who you want to be. Health issues have become a common stumbling block to living the abundant life that God intended for us. Too many of the people here in the United States and in the world, in, also in our churches, Every weekend, every time that we go to church and are able to experience the life to the fullest because they are struggling with their physical bodies, minds, or emotions, and daily relationship, relationship with God. They are low in energy, short on time, dealing with chronic health issues, and relationally strained. Can anyone here relate to that? I'm sure everyone, we can relate to this from one way to another. So when we cooperate with God to create a physical, a spiritual, emotionally, and a mental health in our life, you are set free to live the life in which you were created. To get started in this path, I'm going to share with you three steps. They are very, very hard steps, and before I continue, let me go over the author of this. This is a, a summary of a book called um, A Guide to a Better Physical, Mental, and Emotional Wellness. And it was written by Dr. Nelson Searcy. 
And um, this is just a, a summary of that book. And um, it was interesting that the three steps that he mentioned are very, very hard. And the second one especially, I thought, wow, that's, that's rude. <laughs> so I hope I don't offend anyone here because when I read it, it was like, even though it's kind of strong, he nailed it. I mean, these three steps are the foundation of changing your life to a better one. The first one is surrender your life to God. Surrender your health to God. Surrender your, your um, physical, spiritually, emotionally, and mental health to God. And he will help you to regain it. In James 4, 7, he reads, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will, free, he will flee from you. So I don't know if you're tired of being tempted by the devil all the time. I'm kind of tiring for that one. So when I read this one, it was like, if I submit myself to God, God will help me the strength to resist the devil, and it will come in point in time that he will stop harassing me. Because it's a promise. It's a promise there in the Bible. So I took God's word as it's written. And yes, he, he, he does help. So I'm going to, uh, the second one is stop making excuses. And that was, it hit me very directly because I used to be very good at giving excuses. The why not? Why? No, I couldn't do this because, oh, I couldn't do that because. And the third step is start taking small steps towards changes. So I'm going to start, um, I'm going to review a few things when it comes to surrendering your health to God. Your body was not created for your own gratifications. It was designed for God's glory. However, if you are like most people, you treat your body as if it's yours to do what you please. I know that because I'm guilty of it. But the reality is our body were made both by God and for God. So according to Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6.13, it says, Our bodies were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. If God cares for your body, doesn't that mean you should care for your body as well? Too often, we use God as an excuse for letting our health slide. We run our bodies down, fill them with disease-causing food, less than atrophy, from a lack of movement, and then blame it to God's will when we get sick. We fill our minds with toxic thoughts, neglect healthy relationship with others, fail to engage regularly with God, and then get angry with him when we win and feel ourselves lonely. Pursuing that health, it has to start surrendering yourself to God. That's the first step. The second step is stop making excuses. I don't know, I'm gonna review or share with you some excuses. I don't know if you have heard that before. I said, I don't have time to work out. Uh -oh. I use that all the time. Oh, I don't have time for this. 
And the other one that I hear very often in my house is, I don't like the taste of healthy food. Sometimes my son tells me in the morning, Mom, this tastes too healthy. So I know what he's trying to say. So we use a lot of excuses. And one thing that, um, that I learned while going to, to school was that a sign of an adult is take responsibilities of our actions, and not to excuse and project it to someone else. We have that from the beginning, from Genesis. The, the husband blamed the wife, the wife, the wife blamed the snake. Everybody blames everybody else instead of taking ownership of our decisions. And that's one sign to be an adult. To be an adult is to take responsibility of our actions and own our mistakes. No matter how much we try to outrun it, we cannot get away from the truth so clearly lived in Galatians 6, 7. Do not deceive. Do not deceive yourself. God cannot be mocked, and men reap where he sow. And it is true. Many times, I think 80 or 90 percent, there's always exception of the rules. That's, that's something that everybody knows. But 80 or 90 percent of all of our issues and problems, we are the own cause of it. And it is, I think it's time to take a responsibility that if something's not going right, we need to, instead of spending our energy to blaming someone else, we need to start thinking, okay, God, open my eyes. Let me know what I have done. Let me know what I can do so I can change this. So I'm going to give you three examples. Instead of focusing on excuses of not do or not or whatever, think about the positive aspect of it. So when someone asks you to do something healthy, instead of saying, I don't have time for this, and by the way, one of my professors said, and I had never forgotten, when, when someone tells you, I don't have time for this, what they're actually saying is, what you're asking me is not important enough for me to make the time. Because if you really want to do something, you always find your t the time to do it. You always find the time to do it. So when someone asks you and you say, I don't have the time, what you're actually saying, that is not important enough for me to spend that time. The same thing with money. If someone asks you, you know, can you help with this? Or, or, or when a ch children comes and ask you for money, and you say, I don't have money, what you're actually saying is, the reason why you're asking that money is not important enough to allocate the money and the budget for what you're asking. Because when you want something, you find the money to do it. Am I right? So if you want to do something, you will find a way of doing it. If you want to get something, you will find the money to do it. So that is the, that is the, the bottom point that we need to realize that we need to be responsible, we need to be adult enough to, to own our decisions, to, to be responsible and accountable for our actions. I'm going to share with you three ideas on how to, to turn those, that, that idea of blaming someone else or finding an excuse not to in a positive way. For example, if someone asks ask, ask you or ask me, 
you know, would you like to um, go and do exercise in the gym? Instead of saying, I don't have the time, because that's not what you're saying, think about this before you answer and say, good health will help you to make the most of your life. So start analyzing it. You know, if I go to the gym, that will help me to be better, to honor God in taking care of his body. God went to such a great length to design the details of our bodies, our mind, and our soul. Don't you want to take full advantage of what he can do through them while you're alive? Another idea is God's health will help you feel better and be more productive each day. When your health is on the track, you will have more energy, you will have fewer aches and pains, your mind will be clearer, you will be less stressed. In short, you will be better positioned to live the life in which you were created to live. And the third point, good health will give you a new opportunity to worship God. Since your body is the walking, breathing temple of God, taking care of yourself well is a form of worship. Intentional good health brings glory to God. What is the biggest excuse you make for what you are not where you want to be at this point in your life? So think, when you go home or even right now, think about what are the excuses that you have used in your life that is preventing you to, to really experience the type of life that God wants you to, to experience. The third point is start taking small steps towards that change. And before you make any changes, you need to know where you're going, right? So we're, we're, my, uh, our son and I and ours, us, we're trying to plan for a road trip and it requires a lot of planning. But to be able to plan, you need to know where you want to go. So that applies to everything. If you want to change, if you want to be somebody, you want to be, if you want to be in any stage of any style of lifestyle that you would like to, to have, you need to start somewhere. You need to know where you want to go. And then from A to B, if you aren't here and you want to be here, you need to find a way how to bridge. How, how am I going to get here? Not only in our body, our mind, our soul, and our spiritual walk with Christ. And I want to I want to share with you a Bible text that it gives it gave me a, a good what can I say um, it reminds me that small steps are extremely important because I am all the person that always think oh when I have time I'll do this when I have time I'll do that well guess what that time will never come so James chapter three verse four it says. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whatever the pilot shoes and, so, and to go, even if there is going through a storm. So I don't know if you have ever seen a rudder of a ship, a huge among of ship. The rudder is the, the very microscopical thing in comparison. And that little thing moved that ship anywhere the pilot wants to go. The same thing, the little things, can take us to the right direction 
or take us to the wrong direction. So if you want to change your lifestyle and be the, the, the life that God wants you to be, make sure that you are the co-pilot, not the pilot. Okay? The pilot is the one that guides and takes the ship to, to places to go. So if you want to arrive at a destination, just make sure that God is your pilot and you are just following with him. So finally, I'm going to give you just an example, just one example in each category, so you will know where to start. And I'm sure everybody here knows, but just, just to make sure that if there's someone or somebody that doesn't know where to begin, I'm going to give you one example in each category, and you can go from there. For example, and the physical, the small step that you can take in the physical in your body is start your day with the 16 ounces of water before you do anything else. Okay? You might want to put a glass of water in your nightstand, and when you wake up and you sit in your, in your bed before you get up, before you even get up from your bed, drink that 16 ounces of water. That would be a good goal to begin with in your body. What about spiritually? Spiritual. What about what, what small step can you do this week in your spiritual, spiritual world? Set an hourly reminder on your phone to recenter your thoughts on Jesus and spend a few minutes in prayer. And this is so important. I started doing that several, several months ago. And I downloaded an app and to pray every two hours. And in the beginning, it was very tiring. I noticed it was very, very tiring to, to, to stop what I was doing every two hours to pray. And you don't have to spend too much time praying. Just, just two or three seconds. I remember in the beginning, I used to spend more time. And then after a while, I, I just wrote, God, when I, when I talk about this person, this is what I'm asking. And when I talk about this one, this is what I'm asking. I wrote it down. And um, in days that are very, very busy and the alarm comes up, it, it forced me to stop. And I say, God, remember what I'm asking about this person, about this one, about this one. Thank you. And I continue my life. And, and that has helped me a lot. And now it's like it's becoming a second nature. I'm kind of, my, my brain is already kind of expecting a few seconds before the alarm goes up. It's like reminding me, okay, it's coming, it's coming, get ready. <laughs> so it's a very good way to start. What about emotionally? What can we do, that small step that we can do emotionally? Before falling asleep, make a mental list of the things that went well in your life today. And it was, I was shocked when this author, when he wrote this book, mentioned that part. Because many, many years ago, probably about 30, 40 years ago, um, a professor told me that, and that you needed to spend time to, to do an, an inventory of what you have done during the daytime so we, you can improve. And, and I remember beginning, it was very hard before you go to bed. I couldn't remember what I did throughout, throughout the day. But after, after 
nights and nights comes by and after years went by now when i go to bed before i go to before i go to sleep i i can do a complete rundown of what i have done from the moment i got up all the way to the moment that i took me there to the bed and god is very good he doesn't let me forget anything and he reminds me the thing you see you did this you did a good job but you could do better so I congratulate myself, say thank you, God, and been thinking that I have done wrong. And I start analyzing that. You see, I did this because whatever. But the next time that this happened, this is the way I should do. And then I, I keep that in mind. And of course, I fell several times. But eventually, when I remind myself, when God, God reminds me what I have done, and I remind myself what I have thought of it, and what God helped me to the ideas and how to to be prepared and be better, I have noticed a huge change, a huge change. Not only because it helps me to to mold my character, but also brings a stronger relationship with God. Because you have this intimate conversation with him, with your character building. And um, it's a very beautiful experience. The next one is how to make the small step in your mental state. And this one, I'm still struggling. Commit to memorizing a new scripture verse. Write it down and tape it everywhere. I'm still struggling with that one. We, we, start, we have started at home several times, but after two, three weeks, something happens and we don't continue. So if you start memorizing one Bible text, I will suggest you begin with, with promises. Because promises, when God makes a promise, you have a guaranteed, a guaranteed. So if you memorize promises that God has made, you ask for those promises, you claim those promises, and God will keep those promises. And sometimes those promises, you might not be ready for them, but he will help you to get ready for, to receive those promises. So I would like to end with one Bible text that is very enlightening to help us to, rem to remind us in where we should dwell our, our, our lives. It's Philippians 4.8. And I'm going to read this, and I, I summarized it, so it will not be too long. But in Philippians 4.8, it reads, Finally, brethren, whatever things are, so whatever things fall into these categories, spend time on it. So he mentions several. True, honest, just, pure, uh, lovely or acceptable, good report, virtues, and praises. Think on these things. We need to think on those things. So anything, when a thought comes into your mind that doesn't fall in any of those categories, it doesn't come from God. So you need to recognize when the, where the thought is coming from and where you need to redirect it to. Because God always wants the best for you, even though sometimes we don't see it. God loves us so much that he wants us to be the happiest people alive. 
even though sometimes it doesn't appear to be. But I, I remembered and I have learned that happiness, to be happy is not a feeling like love. To be happy, you make it. You can be happy in anywhere, any place, in any situation, because you make it happen. If you ask God, God, I want to be happy, God will give you the strength to do it. But you need to ask. Because if you don't ask, you will not receive. And God says, you need to ask me what you want, and I will give it to you. So I think as a children of God, we need to start asking. We need to start asking God and how, how to guide ourselves, how to surrender ourselves to him, how to follow his will, how to start asking, asking him of all these things that God wants us to, to give us, that he's dying to give us. So it is my prayer that each one of you start asking. So our mind, soul, and body will reach the point that we can enjoy the life that God has given us. Because that's what he wants. He's a loving father and he wants us to be happy and enjoy this beautiful body that God has created for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O Lord, that you have created this amazing machinery. And sometimes we forget that it's, it's, not, it's, it's not ours. So we, we ask for forgiveness to help us to remember that we are just stewards. We are just stewards in, in this amazing temple that you have granted us the privilege to live. Sometimes we don't understand things that happens, but we ask that you help us to do our best. That's the only thing you ask, because you will feel the rest. And that's the beauty of our relationship, oh Lord, that you don't expect, you don't expect from us everything. He, he just, you just want us to do our best, to surrender ourselves to, to you, and you will do the rest. Help us, O oh Lord, to remember to ask, to ask you, to remember your promises and, and, and ask those promises so we can live a healthy life, we can live a happy life, we can live a very balanced life, and we can be a, an instrument that you can be used to share this beautiful message that we have to others. We ask that you stay with each one of us throughout this week and bring us back next week with a, a new experiences of, of a beautiful relationship that we can have with you in a daily basis. Amen.